The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Any believer's life will go epic when they discover the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining our podcast today as we unfold more of the truths of who you are in Christ. Believer, we're about to go epic. We've been using the term epic for some time now. It actually is a Greek word, believe it or not. And we'll be using that uh, Greek word in its original context in our message. But most people, when they think about the word epic, they think about a movie. They think about a superhero-like... Who's our favorite, Ian? Deadpool. We love that guy. Okay, maybe not. But that's what most people think about when they think about epic. But really, the life of Jesus Christ is epic, and there's nothing more epic than the life of Christ. So we have to take some time to look at the very epic life of Christ inside the believer. So that's what we mean by the indwelt Christian. Someone please here locally tell me the difference between Christian and indwell Christian. Christian is exactly what the Greek says. It's a Christ follower. Indwell Christian is someone who claims to have an actual born-again experience and has the Holy Spirit living inside their mortal body. It has been the classic, typical definition of becoming a Christian since ground zero. That is not the case anymore. Anyone who's a pew-setter who is following Christ is calling themselves a Christian. Now listeners, podcast listeners in particular, you're living in countries, you're living in communities that are teaching that as long as you use the name Jesus Christ and you're following Him, you're a Christian. There's a problem there. Worldwide, there's over 230 religions that have labeled themselves Christian. All the way from Mormons to Jehovah Witnesses to now this new movement called Chrislam. And that is a mixture between Muslim and Christian. Now, this is not new news. There have been groups since Jesus' walking on the face of the earth that have referred to themselves as Christians, and they're not. We have to be careful in these latter days about using the term Christian so generically that there's so many people identifying with this label that they don't even understand what the label means anymore. So when you talk to a person, which I did this past week, who was Chrislam, and I used the term Christian, and he said, I am a Christian. 
but I am also Muslim by blood. So I asked him, do you believe in the beliefs of the Quran? And he said, absolutely. Do you believe in the beliefs of the Christian Bible? He said, absolutely. We stood out there in the back for almost an hour discussing this issue. And he didn't budge. And I'm pretty quick at the draw. And he didn't budge. This is a huge problem, listeners. Some of you who are living in countries that you are being beaten up. Some of our, our workers over there in Pakistan, as you know, have been literally beaten up. And they, we have seen the direct ramifications of our workers from our ministry who are being beat up because they use the term Jesus when they were giving a glass of water to a Muslim. Well, see, they can't take, they can't touch anything that a Christian has touched. Nothing, not food, not cups. They can't touch anything. You see, they understand the difference between Muslim and Christians. We don't in America. This Christian movement is growing so fast that it is the, the government itself has put it on a watch list. Chrislam, 602-292-2982, contact me. This is a serious problem. We're keeping the terminology as basic as Jesus did. Have you or have you not received the Holy Spirit into your life? Text me. We can talk about it. We can get some clarification for you on whether you are truly an indwelled Christian. So, in saying all of that, the indwelt Christian truly has an epic life. But most have not tapped into the inner vision and voice of the one, Jesus Christ, who is epic. They just walk around every day using their self-life choices to make selfish decisions. They're not tapping into the life of Christ in them. They're not praying and asking God, do you want me to purchase this car? Do you want me to talk to this person? Or whatever the case may be. They just do it. They're not tapping in. So there's a lot of true indwelt believers that are out there, but they've never been shown really what the life of Christ is for inside them. You can ask a first grader, walk into your average Sunday school class, and pastors, I want you to do this. Just take a Sunday morning, walk into one of your Sunday school classes, and walk up to a first grader and say, where is Jesus? Where do you think that first grader is going to tell you where Jesus is? In my heart. Do you know a first grader has more accurate knowledge of being born again than most adults? You see, is he actually in our physical heart? No. But heart was a term that was used in early Christianity to describe the mind, the will, and the emotions, or the spiritual area of your life. We started using it in training our children because it seemed to be an easy term that they would accept instantly. You need to ask Jesus into your heart. There are few Americans that have not heard that phrase before. 
But most adult Americans, if you ask them the difference between Christian and Indwell Christian, they can't tell you the difference. But a first grader can. Something's wrong here. Something is horribly wrong. You see, the term heart, Ephesians 1.18, where, where it says the eyes of the heart, it's not actually speaking of the physical heart. It is speaking of the same term that a child is using. They can look at the things which are not seen, which are eternal. You see, when Jesus said that you have to have something about a kid in order to get into the kingdom of heaven, do you remember what that was? It isn't faith. But yes, that does apply in another verse. You have to be as a child to even get into the kingdom of God. First grader, if you're listening, you have more wisdom than 80% of the adults walking the sidewalks today. Something's happened to our adults. Something's happened to our parents. Something's happened to our Sunday school teachers. Something's happened to our spiritual leaders of this great country. We have gone from presidents making profound statements about this country being, being built upon the Bible. Presidents actually saying that without Jesus Christ, we have no country. To now, you are sued and arrested if you use the term Jesus Christ in a government meeting. You don't believe me? You're not reading the news behind the news. Hate crimes is going to be pushed more after this next presidency since the day that our present president put it into law. And that hate crime is bringing everything down to one simple statement. No man comes unto the Father, except by me. That's what Jesus said. Well, he was arrested for being a heretic. He was tortured for making such statements. He was murdered by his own people for being so accurate in theology about eternal life. So what's happened to us? We are about to face the wake-up call that true indwelt Christians have had to face in the Middle East the past 10 years. We're just getting ready to face it. If some guy walked up to you and threatened your life, now stay with me, particularly my Muslim listeners, stay with me. You can ask a true Muslim, by belief, what the most offensive thing is about the difference between Christian and indwelt Christian, and they know the difference. Because an indwelt Christian is saying this to them, and I know this because I actually have a friend who's an imam, kind of a friend. And that is, when we as indwelt Christians say we have Christ living inside of us, to them... It is saying we have Allah living inside us. Do you know how offensive that is to them? It's time to die for your faith. It's the most blasphemy thing you can say. 
That's the group we're in. If you believe in a true born-again experience. If you don't, then you're going to kind of lukewarm it like the rest of them. But that is the reality this country is getting ready to face. They're coming after true indwelt believers. And that's not Steve Finney's opinion. It is a registered concern by the United States government. We're on a hit list. In spirit oneness, indwelt believers have an inner spiritual hearing to hear, quote unquote, hear what the Spirit is saying, Revelations 2 7. That's profound to me. This is not me as a pastor saying this. This is the Word of God which is alive and active. And it is telling us, again, we have the ability to hear what the Spirit is saying. You can burn our Bibles. You can do all kinds of persecution and distresses and difficulties upon true indwell believers. And you can't take this away. You cannot take the Holy Spirit out of someone. It's where real life is. It's where we really gather our true knowledge of the holy. The written word just bears witness with the Spirit who is the word. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, John 10.3. Really? That's not my experience, Jesus. My experience, Jesus, is if you ask someone if they're hearing Jesus, you, inside them each day, they have no clue what you're talking about. Well, who's the liar? Seriously, who is the liar here? Is it Jesus Christ who lied to us the whole time? The apostles that lied to us? Who's the liar here? Do we or do we not have the ability to hear the voice of God inside of us? Then you're part of a 2% in the United States of America. 2%. My sheep hear my voice. If anyone has an ear, let them hear. And it also says that it might even be noted that we have an inner taste like spiritual taste buds. We can taste of the Lord. It's like drinking a cup of juice. Now, I taste the Lord. I mean, in my walk with Him, the taste of the Lord, the life of the Lord, is a spiritual tasting of what is to come. Now, that was just the intro. We are on number 126 in our Identity Matters series. We have been doing a mini-series called Going Epic. This is number 17. So those of you who are listening according to the number, this is 127 in regard to our messages on identity. You can find the rest of those if you scroll down on your smartphone or laptop or whatever it is that you're using. But this is number 17 of Going Epic. Those who participate in the indwelling life of God through Christ often fail to appreciate and tune into the intuitive spiritual knowledge, mind of Christ, that the presence of God provides in every single bridal member 
of Jesus. Is that who we are or not? Are we the bride of Christ? Okay, scriptures are very clear about that. Now, this whole Da Vinci Code movement that is sweeping Europe about Jesus getting married to Mary Magdalene. What has that got to do with church history for today? Let me give you a little peekaboo of what's coming. They're going to recanonize the Bible. There are leaders gathering right now to put that into motion. In this recanonizing, because the old canonizing of the Bible is, was done by very frail world spiritual leaders at the time. There was a handful of books that they chose to leave out. One is called the Apocrypha. It's a bunch of poems and romantic stuff and whatnot that the Catholics decided to keep. So they put their own Bible together because of this divisiveness that took place during the canonization. Well, they're going to recanonize, and they want to put the four Gospels that got rejected into this new Bible. One of these Gospels is called the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, who was the wife of Jesus, who bore a child with Jesus. And that lineage, that bloodline, is alive today on this earth. They did a movie about it. And most people blew through the movie like it was a fun mystery movie. It is absolute history. Okay? That's what they're talking about recanonizing. Now we're going to jump forward 15 years. Let's say they do get it recanonized in 2018. Let's just say they did it. 20 years from the, from the time of recanonization, there will be Bibles that are in the world, probably in every language like they are now, with these four Gospels that are speaking and proclaiming heresy. The Mary Magdalene Gospel, 602, 292, 2982, is so horrific that it pushes this whole lie and deception that she had this sexual relationship with Jesus Christ that produced a child. And that lineage is alive today. Do you know what true biblical, in fact it's such a profound doctrine that it erases, that it's going to shake the foundation of the entire church worldwide? is that true, indwelt, born-again Christians are the bride of Christ. It will evaporate it just like that. It is the most deceptive satanic thing that has hit church history to this day. The most deceptive. Because it will literally erase the indwelt believers worldwide. You can be a Christ follower as long as you support all the Gospels. Now see, when NIV came out with their gender-friendly Bible, the body of Christ didn't even, didn't even flinch. So I was in conversation with a theologian from Texas this week. He said, could you just quickly tell me your thing about NIV again? And I said, Pastor, how many times we got to go through this? Why can't you let this go? Just the one single thing they did, and that was turn Jesus into a bisexual. In this new translation, he's a him or a her. 
and removed all the he's in the Bible, just that one tampering with the word is enough, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I said, that isn't even my biggest concern. My biggest concern is January 11, 2015, that the NIV people made a decision that they're not going to print anymore any old translations. So anytime you walk into a Bible bookstore, order it online, and you order NIV, you're going to get the gender-friendly Bible that turned Jesus into a bisexual. You see, that just can't be. It is. It is what it is right now. Now let's take the new four gospel Bible. Ten years down the road, they're not going to reprint these babies. And if you're reading from one of these, you're going to get rejected. Because you're not up with the world. The ones that they're going to be printing and releasing are going to have four extra gospels in here. That are going to turn your husband, Jesus Christ, into an adulterer. And if you're not concerned about that, see, I'm a church history nut. And I understand how the enemy has used certain things and dropped them into church history because all it needs is a little time. That's all it needs. Little time. And people just walk around saying stupid things and doing stupid things because they don't know any different. It's like sheep being led to a slaughter. They don't know. And you stop someone and say, do you know what's in that book you're holding? Oh, it's my favorite translation. Have you ever been a feminist? You see, you start asking strategic questions to these people, they're offended because of the he, the he, the father, the he, the son, the he, the Holy Spirit. They're offended by sound doctrine. We're dumb sheep. We, we believe things we read in the paper. We believe things we read in magazines. And, of course, Google never lies. People don't research anymore the accuracy of truth. That's why I, I connect with guys like Eugene. To get that truth in there, that precise truth in there, in such a way that it gets people to start thinking a little differently. But that's not the way most humans function. Paul told the Corinth church that, quote-unquote, the natural man, who's the natural man? Unsaved people. The natural man does not understand the spiritual things, but he that is spiritual, i.e. has the indwelling life of Christ, appraises all things. You see, I can talk to anyone in any religion, and I can just listen very carefully. But you see, all of that data that they're sharing is not going through Steve Finney's filter. All of that data that they're sharing is going through the filter of the Holy Spirit within me, and I'm able to discern and appraise whether what they're saying is truth, which happens to be a person's name. Jesus said, I am. You see, truth is a person. It is not documented data that is supported by the world. It's a person. And Satan hates that. So he gets educational institutions put together to debate what truth is. And I'm telling you, if you haven't opened your eyes and looked around, 
The phrase, question all authority, is way old news. The new phrase is, you decide what truth is. Well, if you break that down to the Greek, here's what I'm saying to you. Well, you decide who Jesus is. You decide if he's a transvestite. You decide if he's bisexual. You decide if he's just masculine. Or you decide if he's feminine. It's your choice. These words will ring true in the final hours before Jesus comes back. This is not me preaching this. There are leaders all over the world that are already way beyond you guys. 602-292-2982. There are leaders in the world that this stuff I'm sharing with you is old knowledge. It's new for Americans. Because we decide what truth is. Bummer. This inner knowing in interaction with the mind of Christ from within is both intuitive and relational. So it's not a bunch of facts. It's a person. Intuitive and relational. It's a person. So if the truth is in you, it's relational. We need relational truth. We know, this quote-unquote, we know spiritual intuition. We know that we have come to know spiritual intimacy of relationship. We know that we have come to know him. See, the whole goal of being indwelt by the Holy Spirit is to know him. To know is a sexual term. There is no word in the Hebrew. There's no word in the Greek. For sex, there isn't. It is to know. It is the most intimate way to describe the formation of new life, is to know. And so when they would use the term about being with a certain person, they would use the term to know, for he knew her. And it was a communication of knowing her from the inside out. That is where this comes from. To know him is an intimate, he is in us and we are in him, terminology that seems to be so mysterious for so many people. So to the Corinthians, Paul wrote, we have received the Spirit of God that we might know the things freely given to us by God. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Here's our scripture for today. Those of you who are listening on your smartphones or online on your computers, if you click on that little red box with a white cross in it, it'll open up to this passage. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except for the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, which actually translates out in the Greek as education. You with me? 
What were the two trees called? Tree of life, zo, which means light, life, and breath. It's alive. Then there's this tree of knowledge. See, one of the crazy things was, was that Satan had this goal to make Adam and Eve uh, get all paranoid about being naked. Why, why did it have to start out as sex, you all? They're already naked and unashamed. But after this whole thing that happened around this tree of knowledge, they looked at their nakedness as shame. God doesn't change his dictionary for you in your modern times. So here's the deal. Now we have received not the spirit of education, knowledge, tree of knowledge, but the spirit who is born from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. That's the purpose. So that we will know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human education, but in those taught in the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts. Hmm, I have this thought, and now I have words. You see, the spirit speaks. I listen. It goes into my thoughts, and then I preach it, teach it. So when someone rejects me, I go, reject me all day long. This isn't from me. This is from the living word of God. And that you can argue and shoot and persecute all you want. But see, they don't, they're natural people. They don't understand that. So they just kill you. They just cut your head off or they do whatever it is they're doing over there. They get rid of you because they don't understand. But a natural man or unsaved man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. You know, I've been called many things. And even on a positive side of being a good preacher or preacher of truth or whatever it is that I've heard, there's nothing that I can take out of that to comfort me. Because I know that every time you speak real truth, the real deal, None of this stuff that is coddling the people in their pews. We're talking about real life changing truth. There's going to be pain. There's going to be distress. There's going to be rejection. Jesus said, for you will be hated on my account. For you will suffer as I have suffered. The natural man does not accept what I am telling. And if there's a listener right now that is fighting inside these simple, basic doctrines of the living God, you're unsaved. Because the Spirit of God bears witness with its own truth. It's listening carefully. The Spirit is hearing Christ, and he wants me to hear Christ, my shepherd. The Holy Spirit does not need to debate truth. 
The Holy Spirit does not need to go get some education about it. To educate Jesus is blasphemy. And our whole world is built upon educating Jesus about himself. Oh, Jesus, isn't this what you meant by what you said? No, it's not. So, but the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised, unsaved. You see, I don't mind resistance from people, so if I speak the truth and they go, Wow, I've never heard it quite that direct or quite that way. That's okay to fight it. We're humans. But see, to immediately go into battling, become more of a persecutor versus a receiver, just kind of battling with letting the Spirit show them if it's truth or not. Two different people. 15 says, But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. See, when I get into a heated discussion with someone who is hostile toward God is when I'm at most peace and excited because there's nothing they can do to me. There is nothing given to them for them to have the ability to appraise me. Only God appraises me. And if you are indwelt, born again, have the Holy Spirit living in you, there's no one that can appraise you either. And that's why some people can have a knife at their throat by a persecutor, and they got peace on their face. There's nothing they can do to take away from you the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. There's nothing. It cannot be done. They could take your Bible, your children, your wife, your, your home. They can take everything, but they cannot take that. And that angers certain people. It makes them hostile and, and filled with rage. And they, they, they fire out gunshots and mow down 50, 60 people at a time. Or put bombs in airplanes or whatever the case. It makes them angry that they cannot battle the Holy Spirit. Verse 16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord? Most will actually stop there. And if you do an evaluation at 602-292-2982 and text me how many people you have heard by the hearing of your own ears them tell you, I have the mind of Christ in me. And it is said frequently in the New Testament. But it seems to be a piece of truth the enemy has washed away to where they'll say, for who has known the mind of the Lord? Stop. I have. I've heard the mind of the Lord. So have you. If you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, you have heard the thoughts of the Lord. That's what this is talking about. A little too meaty for some of you. That's okay. 
natural versus spiritual knowledge, we are, quote-unquote, able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, width, and the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses human knowledge, that you may be filled up with the fullness of God. The fullness of God is His Son and representation of the Holy Spirit. That's right, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. Beyond natural logic and reasoning, there is the theo-God logic, whereby we can apprehend the supernatural and unseen mind of God through Christ. By natural reasoning, God and his ways are past finding out, Romans 11.33, but in the indwelt Christian, in spirit oneness, I mean, you actually have a relationship with Jesus inside you. That's what we mean by spirit oneness. There are many indwelt people, but they don't have spirit oneness. They're just going about their day like he died on the cross. And they actually had a born-again experience. Spirit oneness is key so that we may know the ways, Hebrews 3.10, and know the grace of God, 2 Corinthians 8.9, and know that he has the anointing of the Spirit upon us and actually within us, and to know that he has passed out of death into life. So will we when we get born again. Know that he has eternal life, for he is eternal life, and that's why we have eternal life. Everyone gets life forever after, right? It's not over when you take your last breath. You can fight that and prove it with your Darwinism or whatever else is your deal, but I'm here to tell you, you're going to have life forever after. You're either going to be having a life where you're trying to cool the flames burning your rumpus forever and ever, and gnashing of teeth on you forever and ever, or you're going to be put on this new earth, this new life, this place that Jesus is preparing for us. Your choice. 602-292-2982. The Son of God, which is Jesus Christ, has come and given us understanding. I can't understand the scriptures. I didn't know how to read till I was 21. The Holy Spirit is what brings understanding. So you can read all day long or devotionalize Jesus and you're not going to make too many advances in the kingdom of God. That's Jesus stuff. We need to be filled, quote unquote, to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Indwelt has understanding in all things. To Timothy, Paul explained, the Lord will give you understanding in everything. 2 Timothy 2.7 God reveals things to the indwelt believer with whom he has spirit oneness. Paul told the Philippians, quote-unquote, have this attitude, King James's mind, have this mind, and if you have a different mind, set, or attitude, God will reveal it to you. Philippians 3.15 May God grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Ephesians 1.17 This spiritual revealing of God's character, God's ways, God's direction, cannot be taught by educational institutions. 
it actually has to be caught in the spiritual perceptions and awareness of tapping into the indwelling life of Christ. The psalmist even reported, My inner man, Christ for us, instructs me in the night. Much of the evangelical community is afraid of the indwelling life of Christ and seeks to limit the release of Christ from within to the knowledge and the understanding of Christ through study of the Bible, devotions, or external direction of the Spirit of God. In other words, you're studying God, studying Christ, studying about Him versus knowing Him. Big difference. One's of the tree of knowledge and the other one is of the tree of life. So therefore, the mind of Christ is is the indwelling life. So what does God mean when he writes, we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16? Well, here's a little dialogue I had with a young man recently who was quite stubborn about this issue, I might add. He says, I don't see how a Christian can say that. So I began with the basic information and asked him, are you an indwelt Christian? Which he replied, yes. He even got that term. So I continued, did Christ exchange your Adamic spirit for his when you became an indwelt Christian? And again, he said, yes. So he understood the exchange. The Adamic spirit had to go before he get the Holy Spirit. Good, Romans 6.6. 6. The old self has been crucified. Then I asked, do you think that Jesus came into you without his mind? That he actually became brainless? Well, the reason why that this is really where the rubber hits the road is that people don't want to lose control of their own thinking. This is where the rubber hits the road. See, theology was great up to this point. But to think through the fact that Well, yeah, I believe that Jesus lives in me, but he didn't bring his brain with him. He's brainless. He's stupid. I'm the one that has to do the thinking. No. He didn't leave his brain behind. He didn't leave his mind behind. See, our thoughts are not his thoughts, and our ways are not his ways, because our thoughts are not his thoughts. So he had to put his thoughts in us so that our thoughts could become his ways, and then our ways could become his ways. That's why he did it. So you see, this is where, this is where the church today is bailing. They just don't connect the logical theo logic. They dump it. I will not dump it. I will go to my grave with that one. To conclude for someone, which is the most beautiful moment for me in ministry, is then you have the mind of Christ. When a believer gets that, it changes all of their thoughts. Paul said, after he came to this conclusion, For I determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Here's the most brilliant man that walked the face of the earth. That was his conclusion. In fact, that's the guy that wrote the passage we've been preaching from today. 
The mind of Christ is more than just a static presence, is dynamically passed on to every thought and every intention of the life of the living Son of God who actually lives inside us as the bride of Christ. Now, if you did that in your average marriage today, for a wife to say that my thoughts are my husband's thoughts, hello, divorce is coming. Taking my individuality. No, we're one flesh. That includes one thought. You have a marriage like that, and your children will be the safest and secure than any family on the block. No, it doesn't work anymore. I'm sorry. Just doesn't work. That is the way Paul reproves in this passage, quote-unquote, let, release, this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So release, tapping into. And this is what encourages the renewal of the mind, Romans 12.2, for the pure development, of course, of establishing trust. And faith is birthed through the birthing canal of trust. You don't trust Christ and his thoughts, his ways. He's God, you're not. If you don't trust him with that, then you'll never know him. Don't be at 602-292-2982. Do not be one of those who stand before Jesus Christ. Jesus even gave us this passage ahead of time. And they are standing before Jesus Christ, and Jesus looks at at them, or you, who are listening, and you're saying to him, but, 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 but wait, I casted out demons in your name. I preached in your name. I did miracles in your name. And what does Jesus say back to that person? Be gone from me, for I never knew you. Knowledge will not save you eternally, you pew sitter. You can have two, three doctoral degrees. And that's kind of the crowd I hang out with. And most of them are as dense as the books they read. But to have the life of Christ breathing inside you and you're having relationship with the life, the truth, who is a life, then go read a book and it'll come alive. I like books too, but not before I read the book from then. Hard to understand? Maybe time to talk to one of your spiritual leaders. Here's a diagrammical form of what I'm talking about. We have the body, soul, and the spirit represented here in this pectoral. We have Christ, who is at the center of this born-again believer's life through the representation of the Holy Spirit, of course who possesses the mind of Christ, and Christ will only work through the mind of Christ, which is represented in the Holy Spirit. Dump into the mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2, to renew our minds. The will chooses to believe it as his truth, life. The emotions support it. You get excited about it. It dumps into the body, into the nervous system as behavior. Behavior. 
That's pretty simple stuff. But it seems to be the most complicated doctrines on the face of the earth. Might be because you're unsaved. This is simple stuff. Here's our identity matter statement for today. Every indwelled Christian not only has the mind of Christ, but he also has the love of God within their soul that provides for us true soul rest, mind, will, and emotions. Paul said the love of God has been poured out within our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, who has been given to us, Romans 5.5. 5. And then since John, 1 John 4.8 says God is love, and he dwells within us through the personhood of Christ, his love is present, active, and alive within us. The love of Christ compels us, 2 Corinthians 5.4. And the love of the Spirit, Romans 15.30, promotes, prompts us to release God's love for others. And this is done through releasing the mind of Christ into our minds. Whereas the unregenerate, non-indwelt, unsaved person, this is when John, Jesus, said this, and it was written down by John in 844. The unregenerate, unsaved people want to do the desires of their father, the devil. You may think you're an independent thinker. You may think you run your own life. You may think you have the ability to form your own religion and join the 6,000 other religions in the world because you came up with this creative approach to religion. But I'm here to tell you you're serving one of two daddies. That's it. The smartest men that walked the face of the earth when Jesus was on the earth, the scribes, Smartest men, supposedly. Jesus looks at them and says, You are of your father, Satan. They were educational freaks who were forming their own self-made religion by their interpretation of what God said, not by embracing who God was and is and will forever be. This guy asked me, why do you love Muslims so much? I said, because you're one click away from the truth. People don't realize that the Muslims are closer to the truth than most Christians in America. They're just one click away. That'll mess with your mind. I'd love to talk to any one of the Muslim listeners. I've been giving out my phone number. Call it. Text it. I would love to chat with you. You're one click away from the truth, the person that will set you free. It's up to you. But some of you are ready right now to pray a prayer. This is why we always include this in our PDF. We get testimonies of salvations all over the world. 
because of this simple slide. Because many people listen to these messages and they're not like Americans. Well, they file it away on a bookshelf. We love to collect books, particularly ones that smell like mold, that are old. They look good. They sound good when you open them. And some people even think they smell good. But you know what? There are people out there in villages, in countries, in territories. You're sitting on the edge of your chair right now, wanting to know what you're supposed to do next. If you cannot get to this PDF, call me at 602-292-2982 and I will walk you through the pathway of the tree of life for you to experience a born-again experience and receive the Holy Spirit into your life. But those of you who have access to the PDF, I really would like to have you open it up, print it, because the slides are going to give you the scriptures. I will not preach unless the scriptures are in line with the things we're teaching. And sometimes those are good to put on that bookshelf. Now I close with this. I close with those of you who are bored by the truth. I close with those of you who have become hostile because of what you've heard me say today. It's okay. It's fine. What you do unto the least of me, these, my brethren. Someone finish that verse. You do unto Jesus. Be careful of your judgment of hearing truth in the true sayers. But if you are receiving the truth, or you want to get into your Bible and discover, is this guy really speaking the truth? Download that PDF and look up all those verses, because it's the Spirit of the living God that will bear witness with His Word and tell you this is truth. And you will be set free. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.